I love that song. You begin to think about the goodness of God and well, he's, he's God all the time. It doesn't matter whether he's, you're on the mountain or whether you're in the valley. He's God. Amen? He's God. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Very familiar portion of Scripture. We're in a series that we have titled Learning to Hear God. And he said, Preacher, how many messages are you going to preach? I don't know until, until the Lord says, don't preach them on that. But uh, I just feel like it's something that's so needed in uh, our day and time. Where it's so needed that we have uh, Christians who are listening. Who are listening to the Lord and, and obeying His Word and obeying what He says. But I feel like we're, we're living day and time when people aren't listening. Isaiah chapter 6, beginning reading verse 1, says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon his mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and, and convert, and be healed. Then said I, Lord, how long? He said, until the cities, he, he answered and said, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant, and the houses without man, and the land be utterly desolate. And the Lord hath removed man far away. There be a, a great forsaking in the midst of the land, but yet in, in it shall be a tenth, and it shall return, and shall be eaten, and a, a teal tree, and an oak tree, and an oak, whose substance is in them, when they cast their leaves, so the, the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. If you look back with me in verse 8, Isaiah said, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Hearing the Lord When You're Moved by His Sight. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for loving us. And Lord, I pray that You'd strengthen us tonight. Be with those that are sick, not able to be with us, Lord, tonight. I pray, Lord, You'd encourage them, strengthen them, Lord. And we, we pray, Lord, now that You'd be with the services. May You be glorified. May You be lifted up. May You be exalted. And Lord, I pray that you would strengthen each of us to live this week for you, to magnify you. But Lord, may we tune our ear to heaven. May we tune our hearts to heaven. And Lord, may we tune the will of God in our hearts towards heaven. 
And may you be glorified. May you strengthen us, Lord, to live for you. Lord, I pray now that you would guide and direct me with each person here and those that are watching by live stream. Encourage them, for I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. We see Isaiah has moved in a tremendous way here in chapter 6. There were some great changes, really, that took place after Isaiah had seen the Lord high and lifted up, after Uzziah had died. The Lord, many times, could I say, allows things in our lives to get us to look upon Him, to look to Him with all of our heart, to look upon Him and, 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 and see Him and, and lift Him up. But, you know, as we look upon Him, we'll not only see Him, but we'll hear Him. I think many times we fail to look for Him, we just want to hear. And He wants us to see Him high and lifted up. You say, well, preacher, you can't see the Lord with your eye, your physical eye. I understand that, but He will reveal Himself in His, in his Word and in His heart, and I'll deal with that in a minute. But the fact is, is that as we look upon Him and see Him, we'll begin to hear Him. First of all, Isaiah was saddened by the death of Uzziah here. Look in verse 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died... I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. If you do a little study and and background check on Uzziah, King Uzziah, he had been a good king, a good king of Judah. He he was probably, and they say he was the last one uh, that uh, was the king there that was a good king of Judah. He died, and it's believed, as I said, he was a good king of that southern kingdom, which would have been Judah. And after his death, the glory of the Lord, they think, departed and really didn't see the glory of the Lord come down in, in that day and time anymore after King Uzziah died. And here, so here's Isaiah. And uh, he sees this. Uzziah had, had reigned for 52 years. He'd been in control and he, the nation had been blessed during that time. And it is said that the national glory of Israel died out when he died. What a sad thought. You know, we, we look at America and we think about the, the great days of revival and different things that have taken place in America. You go back in years gone by and you see some great revivals. You see people living for God. And it seems like we're living that day and time when we don't see that anymore. It seems like it's died out and part of it's died out because uh, the churches are dying out. The Word of God's dying out in people's lives and they're not living for the Lord Jesus Christ. So now here we see Isaiah, he's saddened, he's doleful in a doleful state, and he's lamenting the loss of that great king. He's, he's saddened by it. I mean, it, it's broke his heart, and he, he's no doubt he's wondering, what are we going to do? We've lost this great king, and he knew that from history that uh, Judah had had some kings that were not good men, and that they were wicked men, and led them into bondage, and led them into slavery, and, and, and turned away from God himself. And he's mourning this loss of King Uzziah, but he's about to be carried into the presence of the king of kings. He's about to see the real king, one that is greater than King Uzziah. It was during this brokenness that Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, sitting upon a throne. You know what? There's a need in our lives in in this day and time that our hearts be broken, that our eyes be cast upon the king of kings. That's the need today in the lives of Christians as each for us to get a glimpse of the Lord on His throne. I th- I, you know, I, I stand here tonight and I'm afraid that a lot of people have allowed the Lord to be dethroned in their life. That they're not putting Him on the throne of their life. They're not putting Him on the throne over all things. He's still on the throne. And no one will ever take Him down off of that throne. 
Uh, many today need to be reminded that He still hears and answers prayer and He's still doing wonderful things for you and me to see the Lord and begin to hear requires some brokenness in our lives so that we might readjust our eyes upon the real King, the King of Kings, King Jesus. You say, Preacher, how, how do we see Him? You're going to see Him in His Word. You get in the book. Or you begin to read the Word of God and you can go from Genesis to Revelation and you can find Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. You'll see Him in the beginning as He created. He was there. The Scripture bears it out that He was in the creation. He created all things for us. He was in the beginning. You see Him in the mo His moving hand as He works in lives, as He works in situations. Probably every person in this room, if we begin to give you an opportunity, you begin to say, I, I, I know the hand of God worked in my life during this situation and that situation. How did He answer this prayer and what He's done? You see Him in the circumstances of life and how He changes things and how He does things. And you see Him in, in creation. You can walk out and, boy, I'll tell you what, we've been having some, some beautiful sunsets and some beautiful sunrises. And, boy, I'll tell you what, nobody can paint a picture like that. Only God. And you can see Him in His creation when you begin to look at how He has made things and how He brings everything together for His honor and glory. You seem, as I said, already in the answered prayer as God, no one else knows what's going on and you pray and you seek God and He answers prayer and you see the hand of God moving. You can see Him as He passes through the services and, and speaks to hearts and lives and, and souls get saved and lives change and people's hearts are moved for Him. You can see Him in the hymns and the songs that lift Him up and magnify Him and He touches your heart. Boy, there's sometimes you're sitting there, I, I'm just about ready to run sometimes with those songs. As you, and those songs that we're singing about Him, boy, I'll tell you what, it just touches your heart and you want to, man, there's just something good about it and you see the Lord high and lifted up. He's revealing Himself, showing Himself. You see Him in the lives of others as, as God works and moves through them. We need to get a good glimpse of the Lord, high and lifted up again. We need that brokenness in our lives and when we look at this world and we see what's taking place, but my friend, get your eyes off of that and put your eyes upon King Jesus. Then we see a cleansing that preceded the hearing of the Lord's voice there. Look in verse 5, there he says, Then said I, this is Isaiah speaking, so Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto him, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon his mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. When Isaiah saw the Lord... In all his glory, there was a deep conviction in his heart. I don't know about you, but boy, I tell you what, there's those times that, boy, there just seems like a, the conviction of God is, is heavy on my heart. And it's usually when I see the Lord working and moving and revealing himself, and I begin to see him as that holy God upon that throne and realize how weak and vile that I really am. Isaiah was looking at his own life in comparison to the king that was on the throne. He was looking at his life and realizing that, hey, listen, I'm absolutely nothing. He, has, as of yet, had, had not heard the voice of the Lord, but the Spirit of God smote his heart. He began to see that, hey, listen, though he may have thought that he was a good man and, 
And, uh, and he may have thought that everything was, uh, that he was living for the Lord. He began to see him. Can I tell you something tonight? You may be a good person. You may, you may be a, a, a good godly Christian. You may be a, a person that is faithful to church and, and faithful to read your Bible. But my friend, when you get in the presence of God and when you get your eyes on the Lord, you're going to find that you're nothing compared to Him. You're going to find that, hey, listen, conviction's going to set in and, and you're going to begin to see some things in your life that needs to change that you never seen happen before, that you never seen needed to be changed before. When you get into the presence of God and get your eyes on a holy God, his first response was to confess his sin and his uncleanness. He began to confess that there. He said, woe is me, for I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live amongst a bunch of people, a bunch of wicked people. And he said, I'm just like them. That's what he was saying. He said, I'm just like the rest of them. Here I thought I was better than them. And I'm just like the rest of them, God. And I see myself for what I really am. Because I've looked upon the King. I've looked upon the glory of God. He began to realize that there were some things needed to be changed in his life. And he confessed that to the Lord. He confessed his sin. He confessed his uncleanness. My friend 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm going to tell you something. You can't get into the presence of God without having to confess some sin and getting some things right. Oh, but preacher, I'm a pretty good person. That's it's probably the thing you need to, to confess is your pride then, amen? Because the Bible says there's none good. There's none good. I was talking to Brother Jim Thomas tonight and just checking on him, see how he was doing. And I said, how you doing, Brother Jim? He said, oh, I'm doing, he said, I'm doing pretty good. I said, Brother Jim, I said, you're not pretty, and the Bible says there's none good. He said, well, he said, you know, I was quoting that verse today. And I said, well, I just wanted you to know that. He said, okay. <laughs> the fact is, there's none of us that are good. There's none of us that are righteous. There's none of us that, but what when we get into the presence of God, but what we see and begin to understand that we need to confess our sins to the Lord and there's things that we need to get right. And can I tell you that it's going to be that way until the Lord catches us out of here. There's not going to be a perfect person living in this world. There's only been one, and that was Jesus Christ, and we crucified him. My friend, we got to realize that, hey, listen, when we get into the presence of God, it's going to do something in our hearts and lives. Then his second response there, he, he, first he, he confessed that, he was, that he, was, he, was, he was wicked and he needed cleansing. His second response, though, was to magnify the Lord and exalt him in his heart and mind. Hey, listen, our, our vision of the Lord many times is so meager and small, we fail to see Him in all of His glory and holiness. As, as I'm standing here tonight and, and trying to, to think of ways to... I, I wish there was some way that as, as your pastor I could get you to, to really see the Lord in all of His glory and to see Him high and lifted up. But I'll tell you what, we're so frail in, in our abilities but yet, my friend, we can, like Isaiah, we can see him high and lifted up. Get into the Word of God. Get alone with the Lord, and he'll begin to reveal himself to you, and you'll begin to, to understand that he is a high and mighty God, a, a lofty one. You see, the problem is that today that uh, we fail to see his glory. We fail to see his holiness. And I believe part of that is that there's no awe of this awesome God, and that, that should move us to, to the very center of our being. 
I don't think people will get excited about the Lord anymore like they used to. I don't think people get excited about how great He is like they used to. I think part of it is because we're so encompassed with and have so much in our own lives that we fail to look unto the Lord and really see Him for who He is and how great He is. And we lose an awe of, uh, of God, the, the mighty God that Uzziah was speaking of. He said, woe is me. For I'm a man of undone. He's seen him high and lifted up. And he talks about how that the, how that they, uh, the seraphims and they went back and forth and how that they sang, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I think we've lost our all. We've taken lightly who God really is. We live in a day and time when people use the name of the Lord in such a flippant way. And we treat Him in such a flippant way by the way we live our lives. There seems to be no fear of God anymore. And it's because people have not stopped and realized how holy and, and mighty that He really is. We treat Him as a, as a gray-haired grandpa sitting up in heaven in a rocking chair with, with some milk and, and cookies and just sitting there dunking these cookies and, and with a sponge just to sop up our sin. My friend, that's not God. He's a mighty God and He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. He's a God of wrath. He's a God of judgment. Yes, He's a God of love. But my friend, when you begin to understand that all that love, you think of all the love of God that He, he sent His Son into this world to die for you and me that we might have eternal life. Over, not overlooking our sin, but paying for our sin. But on the other hand, He's righteous. That means He's balanced. He's just. So on the other side is the judgment of God, the wrath of God. We Many times we just look at the love of God and we fail to realize that there's a wrath of God, the judgment of God, because He's a holy God, a righteous God. And because of that, we lose our awe for such an awesome God. We need to get back to that place where there's an awe in our hearts and a, and a, and a, and a burning in, in our lives to know Him in a greater way. The psalmist said in Psalms 33 verse 8, he said, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the earth fear the Lord. doesn't matter who it is, whether they're lost, whether they're saved. He said, Let all the earth fear the Lord. And then he goes on, he says, Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter whether, you, whether, whether you, he's your Savior or not. He said, let him stand in awe. My friend, but one of these days that is going to take place when we stand before the Lord in heaven. That's why so few seem really to see him or to hear as they could because we've lost our awe for an awesome God. We've lost that. To some, he's just some God instead of an awesome God. Then... And only then, when we see Him as He is, when we behold His glory, we see the purging of, uh, of our sins. And Isaiah's seen that there, and he's he seen the, the, the purging of his own sin, the cleansing, preparing him to hear the voice of the Lord. He hadn't heard the voice of the Lord yet, folks. He'd heard the seraphims, but he hadn't heard the voice of the Lord yet. And so here we see that in verse 6 it says, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a coal, a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Sometimes there must be a purging in our lives in order to hear the great voice of the Lord. 
Sometimes we got to realize, hey, like a deaf, like the deaf that the Lord healed uh, when Jesus was walking the, here on earth, like them that He healed. Hey, listen, sometimes there has to be a hearing given back to us. There has to be a purging of our sin so that we can hear, so that we can listen to the Lord. I'm not talking about a physical ear. I'm talking about a spiritual ear that hears from heaven, that hears the hand of God, that speaks that as God speaks to us. That there has to be that spiritual deafness that is taken care of. And only when our sin is taken care of can that spiritual deafness be taken care of. Then we find here that there was a realization of, the, of His glory that actually amplified the voice of God. Look in verse 8, it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord. Also I heard the voice of the Lord. After all this, he said, all this was taking place, and he said, I heard the voice of the Lord. You know, we live in day and time with all the... Uh, with all the different inventions and different things that's, that's out there. And boy, one of the things that they've come up with, they've got all types of, of uh, hearing amplification for people that have trouble hearing. It amplifies it. Um, I, I, I see different ones that, you know, they, they wear the hearing aids. And my wife every once in a while mentioned to me that I probably need to get some hearing aids. And Probably do one of these days, but I'm enjoying not having to listen to everybody right now. <laughs> and the fact is, is that, hey, listen, there, but there are some great, you know, used to had that great big thing behind your ear and the thing come down here and, it, you know, push your ears out like that. But now they've got them miniaturized and little bitty things and, and that you can hear. But they've also got for those who can't wear the hearing aids that don't help them, they, they have a hearing problem now. And, and a lot of people have this and I, and I, and even young kids, I know of, uh, even on, even, even uh, in the school system here, I know uh, that ride my bus. I know some people that some kids, even a, a little girl that's in 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 in, in a young age that uh, has uh, these these things that attach to the head back here, and comes down and they can hear. They can't hear with their ear, but they have the, it attached up here, and it amplifies the, the sound and magnifies the signal into, the, into where all that, those nerves and stuff come together so that they can hear. It amplifies it. Well, I'll tell you what. You, you know, what is needed is for the voice of the Lord to be amplified in our lives. When Isaiah sing, the Lord high and lifted up, and when he got his, and he was under conviction about his sin, and when he got his sin taken care of, when it was purged, when it, when it was gone, it amplified the voice of the Lord. And he could hear the Lord. He seen the, his glory and amplified the voice of the Lord in his hearing. You know, possibly because the Lord had his full attention had his heart. Can I say tonight that maybe the reason that you may not be hearing is because the Lord doesn't have your attention, doesn't have your heart. You can be sitting in a, in a room with a lot of things going on and uh, you might have a TV playing, you might have some music playing and you might have your phone or your laptop or your, or your iPad or whatever there and and different things going on. And, and you know, you tune out the things that don't have your attention. I remember coming home several years ago. I'd been, I was at, I don't, I don't remember where I was at. I came home and my sister, maybe I was at school or something, come home and, 
And uh, the TV was playing. The radio was on. And she was doing something else. I said, are you listening to the TV? She said, oh, no. I said, are you listening to the radio? She said, oh, no. I said, why you got them on? I don't know, just the noise. You know, sometimes everything just becomes noise to us. And the reason it becomes noise to you is because you're not paying attention to it. If you don't pay attention to God, it's nothing but noise. If you don't pay attention to the preaching of God's Word and try to get something out of it, it's just noise. If you don't pay attention to the, those songs that, that lift up the Lord and, and magnify Jesus Christ, if you're not really listening to them with your heart, it's just noise. When God begins to try to speak to you, if you're not paying attention, it's just noise. And I fear that today that everything's become noise in our lives. What we're needing is for it to be amplified so that we do hear, so that we do pay attention. You can, every, every person in this room, you've been someplace and, and you hear something, and you're looking around to see where it's coming from, and you don't see anything. And, and after a while, here comes a car, and it just gets louder and 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 louder. And they've got up the music cranked up so loud in those cars, and they've got speakers in there the size of an elephant. And I can just imagine their eardrums going boom, 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 like this. And I'm thinking, one of these days, you're going to need some hearing aids if that will even do any good. And it's just noise. There's sometimes I'll be laying in bed at night and a car will be driving by and you can hear it. Boy, they, way down the street, you hear them coming, boom, 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 and get louder and louder and louder. This world is good about making all kinds of noise to keep you and me from hearing the Lord. But when your attention and your heart is upon something, you can pick it out during all the noise. If we get in a busy room where everybody's talking and carrying on, Maybe like yesterday during the visitation, there was over 100 people in here and they, everybody was talking and, and going on. And, and honestly, my hearing, the way my hearing is, you could have stood there and if I wasn't looking at you, if you didn't have my attention, I could, you could say, hey, preacher, hey, preacher, hey, preacher, and I would have heard you. But if you got my attention, I could hear you. You know what God says to Isaiah? He said, listen, you're all tore up. He said, the reason you're tore up is that I want your attention. Sometimes God has to tear up some things in our lives to get our attention. And then when we see His glory, He gets our heart. And when He's got our attention and when He's got our heart, it amplifies what He has to say. It magnifies it. So many times we aren't giving Him our heart. You see, the Lord's voice always amplified when He has your full attention in your heart. It seems like 
that you can barely hear Him. Maybe it's because He doesn't have your full attention and heart. Which means you need to get a glimpse of His glory again. There was that time in your life when you could hear from Him and you heard Him as He even whispered it seemed like. But now because you've got used to everything and now all the noise and your heart's not as excited about the Lord and, you're not a, and, and you just kind of go through the routine. Hey, listen, can I say this? That as a Christian, as a good Christian, it is so easy to get in the routine to go through the, 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 the process every day, every day, and get to a place where you don't hear God. And it's because He no longer has your attention. And maybe He don't have your heart like He ought to. Definitely don't have your heart if you're not hearing from Him. Well, preacher, what do you do? How do you take care of that? you got to get a glimpse of God again. you got to do like Isaiah you got to get into His presence again and begin to look to Him and begin to see Him uh, high and lifted up in your heart and life again. Nobody can do that for you. I can stand here and I can preach message after message. I can look you square in the eyeball and tell you, look me in my eyeball. And I can preach and I can read verse after verse after verse, but until you as your own person begins to seek Him with all your heart, you'll not hear from Him. Like you could. You see in Jeremiah 29, 13, he says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye search for me with all your heart. I dare say that most of the time today that we as Christians, many times we don't seek the Lord with all of our heart. Oh yeah, we, we, want, we go to church and we, we want God to do something. We go to church, we want to hear God uh, speak to us. Uh, from the Word of God, but we're not seeking Him with all of our heart. We're not seeking Him with all of our heart. When it becomes so important in your life that you hear from God, you'll seek Him with all your heart. And when you get a glimpse of Him again, high and lifted up, it'll magnify His voice in your life. Oh, how we need to seek Him with all of our heart. Then the Lord speaks for a response in your life and heart also. Look at verse 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? You see, the Lord's got a question for you. It's amazing when I think about the times that I know that God has spoken in, in such a, a, a powerful way. It always seems to be in a question as to what are you going to do. Yes, him tell me what he's going to do, but him wanting to know what I'm going to do. The Lord doesn't just waste his glory on you and me just to have us walk on by his desires. He wants us to make a commitment. He he presented a question to Isaiah, but the question was, was that of seeking surrender and obedience of him. Possibly, if you look at let me read this again. It says, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Of course, Isaiah answered then, said, I, here am I, send me. Could I paraphrase this like this? Possibly the Lord was saying, Okay, Isaiah, 
Are you, you're, you're mourning the loss of Uzziah. You're thinking about the king that was on earth. But it's not time for you to, but it, it, it's time for you to step up and, and for you to point people to the Lord now. Maybe it's the Lord is saying, hey, listen, I'm looking for somebody to, to live for me and to show people. Yes, you had King Uzziah that was a, a godly king that led him and, and, and stayed by the word of God and did what was right. Now, he's gone. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? He said, I'm looking for somebody to stand for me. I'm looking for somebody to live for me. I'm looking for somebody to take the word of God uh, to other people. I'm looking for somebody. Who am I going to send, Uzziah? I mean, uh, Isaiah. Who am I going to send? And it'll be like this. I go to Hunter and say, there's some stuff out in my truck that needs to be unloaded. Who am I going to get to unload it? Why it's not there. <laughs> Nobody else is around. And I'm looking at him saying, who am I going to get to unload that truck? Now, he could say, I don't know. And then I'd say, I don't know where you're eating tonight either. <laughs> but you know what? That's the way God spoke to Isaiah. He spoke to him, but he asked him a question, and he presented him with something that needed to be done. Can I tell you, every time the Lord speaks to you and me, he's, there's something He wants us to do. It may be get closer to Him. It may be in a, to be an encouragement to somebody else. It might be to get rid of some sin or something in our lives that shouldn't be in our lives. It might be that we might know Him better. But he's going to speak, and, but he wants a response. If I stood there with Hunter and, and said that to him, do you know what I'm asking? I want, I want a response out of you. Who's going to do it? Is it going to be you? Or am I going to have to get somebody else to do it? Sometimes Janine and I will be, we'll be sitting there, and she'll be talking to me, and she'll say some things, and I don't say anything. And pretty soon she'll say, well, I'll say, well, what? She said, what do you think? I said, about what? <laughs> about what I just said. I said, oh, I didn't know you wanted a response. But you know what? What she was wanting is affirmation or to know that at least an acknowledgement that I was listening to her. And maybe some input on it. I'm just being honest. That's just kind of the way I am sometimes. I, if I don't think you're asking me a question, I don't answer. But the problem is, is that we're that way with God. Sometimes He asks us, whom will I send? And we don't answer. God's looking for a response in your life and my life. He's looking for a heart that's willing to go for Him.
to live for Him, to do what He says. My friend, if we are willing to listen, we ought, like Isaiah, to be willing to go. I believe that the Lord is calling all of us to go. But we're not listening. We need to seek the Lord with all of our heart and and then we'll see Him high and lifted up. We can be cleansed and then His voice will be amplified and we'll hear what He wants in our lives. You see, God gave Isaiah a message for others to hear. And the Lord has also given us a message for others to hear. But we've got to be moved by His presence and see Him high and lifted up that we might hear what He is saying in our lives. You see, a lot of what you think about the Lord will determine what you hear. A lot of what you think about the Lord, how important He is in your life, will determine how much you hear. The more that He's exalted in your life, the more that you see His glory, and the more that you magnify Him in your heart, the greater His voice is amplified in your heart and life. Preacher, what do I need to do? Seek Him with all your heart that you might see Him high and lifted up. And as you see Him high and lifted up, you'll see your heart and life and things that need to change in it. And as we confess those things to the Lord, He'll purge us from those things and cleanse us from all those things. And then His voice will be amplified that we might hear what He has to say. Let's bow. Father, we thank You for loving us. Lord, we realize that just like Isaiah, sometimes there's going to come some times of brokenness in our lives to get us to see You. And Lord, I pray that during those times that we would seek You with all of our heart all of our, our, everything within us, Lord, that we might see you high and lifted up. And Lord, I pray that we might hear your voice. May it be magnified. May it be amplified in our hearts and lives. May we confess those things as we see our lives in utter disarray. Things you want to change so that we can hear from you. Lord, I pray that you would be glorified. I pray that you be magnified, Lord, in our lives. May, Lord, may we never lose our awe for you, Lord, that we might hear your voice. And then we, like Isaiah, might say, Hear my Lord, send me. Have your will and way now, Lord, in this invitation I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight?